In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Sexagesima Sunday, nearly 60 days to Easter, is recorded in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be let out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign, that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. The epistle is recorded in 2 Corinthians, chapters 11 and 12, where the Apostle Paul defends his divine call and the office of apostle to which Christ had placed him for the sake of the ministry of the word. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, 
if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. That God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Eratos, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who, 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, Jesus spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A sower went out to sow his seed. His disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing, they may not understand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before Saul of Tarsus was converted, he was seething with bitterness and anger against the name of Jesus and the proclamation of the gospel of God's free grace in Christ. And then the Lord Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Every foul and dastardly crime that Saul of Tarsus perpetrated against the church was a persecution of Jesus himself, for the church is his body. When he was led blind to Damascus, Ananias the disciple was sent to baptize him. I have heard many things about this man, how he persecuted the church. And the Lord told Ananias, go, he is a chosen vessel of mine. A vessel carries precious commodities. He is a chosen vessel of mine. The precious commodity that he would carry was the very gospel that he had tried to destroy. Go, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear by my name before kings and before the Gentiles. And I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. That leads us to the epistle for this Sexagesima Sunday, where Paul specifically delineates those sufferings. It's quite a litany, isn't it? In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in parables in the city, in parables in the wilderness, in parables in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness besides the other things. We should use that as an advertisement for the seminary. <laughs> Yet the things that the Apostle Paul suffered, every one of them were a sign that he belonged to Christ, that he was called as a minister of the gospel. Every one of them testified to him of the faithfulness 
of the word of God. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The word of God means everything for us as Christians. It means everything for the church. It is that which the Apostle Paul was called to bear witness to. Because faith in Christ is a miracle of the word. It's fascinating. The Lord Jesus simply appeared to Saul of Tarsus. Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Though you are a chosen vessel of mine to bear by name. That's a word of grace. The first lesson of this parable is that faith in Christ is a miracle of God's word. How do you transform someone who had been such a bitter enemy of the Lord Jesus into the foremost herald of the gospel? It happens in no other way but by the power of the grace of God, proclaimed in the word of God. You and I cannot create faith just as we cannot create life. Both are God's work. The creation of faith and the creation of life, it is all a miracle of the grace of God proclaimed in the gospel of Christ. The creation of faith is born of God's love proclaimed by the word of the gospel. And God's love is seen in what this Ridiculous sower does the unthinkable. He scatters seed all over the place among the rocks, in the weeds, in the good soil, as well as the cultivated soil. If he works for me, I fire him. He's wasted 75% of the, soil, of the seed. The first lesson of the parable of the sower and the seed is that Jesus, through his word, is the source of the miracle of faith. It is true of Saul of Tarsus, and it is true for each one of us. We cannot make ourselves good soil, noble ground. Only Jesus can do that. You see, part of the mystery which Jesus was speaking to the disciples about is that the word of God not only creates faith, but it is the word of God, if you will, that tills the soil of the human heart, fertilizes that soil, aerates that soil, and causes that soil to bring forth fruit. This is why preaching and catechesis and Bible study and meditation upon the word of God as you learn by heart catechism and scripture and the hymnody of the church is so very important. It is the work and power of God's word contained in every utterance of God's word that brings forth the miracles of faith. So Jesus tells us this parable of the sower and the seed not only to highlight the miracle of faith that is created by the word, but also what the enemies of faith are. The enemies of faith are the enemies of the word. The enemies of the word are the enemies of faith. So the second lesson of the parable 
is that these enemies seek to destroy the very word of God, the very faith that the word of God creates. The devil is an enemy of faith in Christ. That ought to come as no surprise to us. And yet when Satan attacks us, we think it a strange thing. For the apostle Paul, undergoing those attacks upon him as an apostle, drove home to him that he was called to suffer according to the word of God for the sake of him who suffered and whose suffering brought about salvation. And so Paul's sufferings testify to the truthfulness of God's word. From the time of Adam's, uh, Satan's fall from heaven, Satan has been attacking God's word. Did God really say with lies and deceit and false promises and accusations against God and against us, you call yourself a Christian? I wonder how many times Paul heard that accusation. Look at what you did to Christians. Look at the persecution you, in, you forced them to endure. We need to know this. But the antidote against the devil's attacks, again, this is part of the paradox, the mystery. It is the very good news itself. The word of God that Satan attacks is the very weapon by which Satan's attacks are thwarted. And then there's apathy toward God's word. Where does that come from? It is the nature of your sinful flesh. Because in the sinful flesh, there's no natural desire to receive God's word, to listen to it. There's only rebellion and a coldness and a hardness of heart in our flesh. And so, the seed that fell among the rocks is the seed that falls into the sinful heart. Faith sprouts and grows by the word, but it has no root. It receives the gospel with joy, but it does not continue to hear and receive the word because the sinful flesh chokes out the word. Jesus teaches us that apathy toward God's word is the very nature of our flesh, and we need to know it. How often was Saul of Tarsus, as the Apostle Paul, fatigued by those things that he suffered. And yet by the grace of God, which he says was sufficient for him in his weakness, a grace communicated to him by the word as it is communicated to you by the word, he was carried along and remained steadfast. The good news is that the very word of the gospel that creates the joy of salvation is also the same word that creates a hunger and a thirst for Christ proclaimed in the gospel. Finally, the cares, riches, and pleasures of life threaten to choke the word. Jesus teaches us very gently that the seed of the word is not sown into our hearts to give us physical health or wealth or prosperity. Certainly the Apostle Paul came to know and understand that. 
nor do we receive the word of God in order that we might satisfy the appetites of our flesh. These are the thorns. Rather, the sole purpose of the seed of the word is to give us Christ. And giving us Christ to restore life with God in Jesus and from Jesus and through Jesus. So the sower, Jesus, who sows the word, sows that which gives us himself, that we might know him, be comforted by him, and love him. This is what the seed of the word is all about. And from Jesus' word of the gospel, good and mature fruit of faith are produced, which is nothing less than Christ himself in us, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. But it all depends upon the word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we think about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, a bitter enemy of the word of the gospel and of our Lord Jesus, we learn something about the proclamation of the word. When our Lord speaks the word of the gospel to us, it is a gentle word of grace. It is not a coercive word. The Lord Jesus does not force himself upon us. It, a it is a word he speaks to us when we are troubled by our sins. When we feel the pangs of a guilty conscience and have our hearts cut open wide with the knowledge of our sin. And so Ananias, perhaps trembling to some degree, entered that home while blind Saul lay there. And he addressed him, Brother Saul. What a miracle of grace. And then he laid his hands on Saul. And something like scales fell from his eyes as he received the Lord's absolution and was baptized. Jesus speaks a gentle word. He speaks his word of forgiveness. And by the speaking of his word, he gives us himself. And he declares foul sinners like Saul righteous. And he binds up our wounds. And he gives us comfort and strength that we can find nowhere else. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Friends in Christ, I urge you all to lift up your hearts to God and pray with me as Christ our Lord has taught us and freely promised to hear us. God our Father in heaven, 
Look with mercy on us, your needy children on earth. And grant us grace that your holy name be hallowed by us and all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word and the fervent love shown forth in our lives. Graciously turn from us all false doctrine and evil living, whereby your precious name is blasphemed and profaned. Bless Lillian Haga, Bill Spilger, McKenna Depew, Lacey Brandau, and Laura Prawl, celebrating baptismal birthdays. Lord, in your mercy. May your kingdom come to us and expand. Bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound in the devil's kingdom to know Jesus Christ, your Son, by faith, that the number of Christians may be increased. Lord, in your mercy. Strengthen us by your Spirit according to your will, both in life and in death, in the midst of both good and evil things, that our own wills may be crucified daily and sacrificed to your good and gracious will. Into your merciful hands, we commend all those serving in the armed forces from our congregation, Jessica, John, Yvonne, Morgan, David, Parker, and all who are in need, especially those suffering physical infirmities, Brandon, Rolf, Cindy, Mary Ellen, Sharon, Dawn, Chuck, Nicola Giordano's grandmother, Tom, John, Luke, Jean, Gabby, Al, and Karen, and all who are in need, praying for them at all times, thy will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us our daily bread, preserve us from greed and selfish cares, and help us trust in you to provide for all our needs. Grant this blessing to Lance and Ann Karras, celebrating a wedding anniversary. Lord, in your mercy. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us, so that our hearts may be at peace and may rejoice in a good conscience before you, and that no sin may ever frighten or alarm us. Lord, in your mercy. Lead us not into temptation, O Lord, but help us by your Spirit to subdue our flesh, to turn from the world and its ways, and to overcome the devil with all his wiles. Lord, in your mercy. And lastly, O Heavenly Father, deliver us from all evil of both body and soul, now and forever. Lord, in your mercy. We trust, O Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, O Lord our God, King of all creation. For you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Grant us your spirit, gracious Father, that we may give heed to the testament of your Son in true faith, 
and above all, firmly take to heart the words with which Christ gives to us his body and blood for our forgiveness. By your grace, lead us to remember and give thanks for the boundless love which he manifested to us when he poured out his precious blood. He saved us from your righteous wrath and from sin, death, and hell. Grant that we may receive the bread and wine that is his body and blood as a gift, guarantee, and pledge of his salvation. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at his command and with his own words, we receive his testament. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.